Good morning. How are you all? Swell. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's wonderful. Uh, the weather has finally turned. I'm seeing some more sweaters and hoodies and long sleeves, and that's my favorite. I love sweater weather. Like, hoodie weather is the best. Fall, the colors, uh, seeing the trees, it's so beautiful. So, uh, exciting time of the year. Um, and speaking of timing, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, when I was 13 years old, I started to learn how to play the guitar. I wanted to take guitar lessons, and my parents got me the best gift ever, and it was a brand new guitar, and it was a Washburn D10 CEQ with the quilted maple top, and I remember that. I smelled it. I remember when I opened the case, I smelt that guitar, and I was just like, yes, and I knew nothing about guitars. I'd never played a guitar. I knew nothing, but I knew that this guitar was wonderful. Because it looked really cool. Um, and so I was really excited about doing it. I started taking guitar lessons, and I committed to it. And my parents' money what didn't go to waste. Um, and I, I picked it up, and then I started playing. And I played worship songs, and I, I wanted to play on the youth worship team. So I finally got onto the youth worship team. I was there playing unplugged. They didn't have me plugged in. I didn't know why uh, at first. Uh, later, I realized why. Um, but then eventually, I got good enough to where I could plug in. You know, that was, that was great. And so uh, they actually had me plugged in there for a while, and it was super exciting, and started playing on the youth worship team, got better, and learned more and more. And then finally, the day came for the big leagues, you know, and I was playing with the adult worship team on a Sunday morning, like Sunday morning church. And so I was really excited about that, and... I, the thing that was the big leap was they played with a metronome, and they had a click track. So the timing, it was all about the time signature and the timing, uh, beats per minute. And I'd never played with a metronome before, but I'm like, how hard can it be? I mean, it's just, I've got great rhythm, you know, I've, I've got this. And so I remember the first time I was practicing with a metronome, <clears throat> I turned it on, click, click, click. Click, all right, dun, 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 click, 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 click. I'm like, wait, what, what is wrong with this thing? This metronome is broken. It's speeding up. All right, let me, let me get it again. Okay, click, click, click. All right, start playing a little bit. I'm like, oh, wait, now, now it's slowing down. Like, what is wrong? This thing's broken. And so I kept working on it. And, uh, and so finally, I was like, okay, I'm just going to listen to it for a long time to see if it starts speeding up or slowing down. You know, this metronome that's broken. And so I hear it, and it's just clicking, and it's right on every time. And then, oh, I realized what all of you already know. And that was that it wasn't the metronome that was broken. It was that I was the one who was speeding up and slowing down. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be a little bit harder than I thought. And so I started working on it. Eventually, I learned how to play with a metronome. But timing with music is extremely important, right? And so if you speed up a tempo of a song, it changes the whole song. It can become a completely different song depending on the tempo. If you slow it down, completely different song if you slow down the timing, the tempo. Same thing with time signatures in music. If you have 6-8, if you have kind of a waltz time signature, or if you have a 4-4 time or straight time. Some of you guys are like, I don't do music, I'm lost. Anyways, the point is, timing is important. 
It's important in music, and it's important in discerning the will of God. When it comes to discernment and hearing God's voice and knowing what God is asking of us and calling us to, it's important to know his timing because God has a rhythm and he has a cadence and he has time signatures and he has a time and a season for everything. And although it's important for us to know what to play, or what to do when God asks us to do something, like playing the notes, it's also important for us to know the timing of those things. When, when to do the things that God is asking of us. Because we want to be aligned with his rhythms, and with his timing, and his tempo in our life. And that's a huge part of discernment. So, the title of my message this morning is Time Signatures. Time signatures. Let's pray over the word. Lord Jesus, thank you, Father, for your presence. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. You are present in the room, that you literally dwell within us. God, what a privilege to have the spirit of the living God dwelling in us and alive among us. And so, Father, we ask that you speak to our hearts this morning, Lord Jesus. Lord, and I ask God that anything that comes from me will fall to the ground and come to nothing, Lord, but anything that comes from you, Lord, your word will remain and bear fruit in our lives, 30, 60, 100-fold. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Well, we are continuing in our series, Ears to Hear. I know this has been a long series. Uh, The Art of Listening for the Voice of God. We want to position ourselves in a place, in a posture, where we can hear what God is saying, when he is saying it, what he is asking us to do, what he is calling us to do, and just conversation. We want to have an intimate relationship with a living God. He is alive. And he wants to speak to us. And we've established that God speaks to his people. And so we want to have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. We want to have a relationship with the living God. And we want to keep that relationship going and alive and keep the door open to God throughout the day every day. Not where we, we have a little bit of time where we're open to him and then we shut the door and do our thing and then we open it up later and then we shut the door. No, we want to keep the door open to Jesus. We want to keep the door open to the Spirit of God to where we are living in communion with him. That's what he invites us into. And so we've been talking about recognizing God's voice in scripture and in our hearts. We've been talking about making, keeping distance between the noise in the world and also blocking out all the noises on the inside. And we've turned that corner towards discernment now. Uh, Rather than the intimate relationship with the Lord, now we're talking about hearing what God is asking of us. What is God calling us to do? Uh, What is his will for our lives in this season? and in future seasons to come. What does God want from us? What is the mission that he is calling us to day by day and year by year throughout every season of our life? And so we want to discern. So we talked about laying a foundation of truth. We talked about filtering out the false voices that can cloud our ability to hear God, whether it be urgency or discontentment or insecurity or comfort and filtering out those voices, clearing the ground of all the weeds that choke out the word, that keep it from bearing fruit in our lives and asking God, God, purify my heart. Search my heart, oh God. Is there any wrong way in me? And and clear out the ground so I can hear your voice clearly. 
And then last week, we talked about inviting the community into that process of discernment. We don't have to do it alone. There's strength in numbers. There's people around us who have wisdom and have the same spirit of God in them who aren't as emotionally attached to a decision that we might be making. And so it's important because we can't see our blind spots. We need support. We need people in our lives that can speak into our lives and say, hey, bro, you're missing this one here. And we have people, we have our spouses. If we're married, we have them to live in agreement with. And so we talked about hearing God's words, or maybe it's a longing in our heart or a feeling of peace, being in unity or united with our spouses in agreement, and then following the way of wisdom that we find in Scripture, right? The lady wisdom and her counsel. And then lastly, inviting wise counselors into the discernment process. And so at this point, we've cleared the ground, we've done that, we're, we're asking God, we're discerning things in our lives, and so we're at this place now, we're like, okay, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt what God has called me to do. I know it. I'm ready. I'm ready to move forward. We're like, all right, here we go, God. You've told me to do this. I'm ready to go. Let's go. And then he's like, wait, what, what, what? What are you, okay, yeah, okay, wait, all right. All right, let's go. No, wait. <laughs> and God tells us to wait because a big part of discernment now that we know what is when. When is he asking us to step in to maybe a new season of our life or maybe there's a gifting that's within us and we feel called to use that gifting, but God's saying, hey, not quite yet. Wait, there is a season for that. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 4 says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. And then verse 11, it says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Isn't that such a cool line? God makes everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. So we understand, according to Scripture, that there is a time and a season for everything. God has a rhythm. He has a purpose. And that there is the proper time to do something, and there is an improper time to do something. And it's important for us to know what that timing is from the Lord. Because if we act and we say yes and we start doing something that God has called us to do, but we're outside the timing of God, that can disrupt some things. Some things can go wrong. I've heard Robert Morris said it this way once, that promoting someone early is one of the worst things you can do to a young person, is promoting them too quickly. And so we don't want to do something outside of the timing of God because then we're outside of the will of God. Just like if we play the right notes to a piece of music, but the timing is all wonky, then it's going to be a disaster. It's going to sound terrible. So we want those things to align. James 4, verse 13 through 15 says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, 
we will live and do this or that. So he's saying fully submitted to God, not just the what, but the when. Uh, I've told my kids this, and you guys have probably, many of you parents have probably said this as well, uh, this phrase, delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Because sometimes my kids like to delay their obedience. (laughs) Hey, go up and brush teeth, go to the bathroom, get ready for bed. Okay. And they're like, what are you doing? Go, go get dressed, get your jammies on, get ready for bed. Yeah, yep, okay, I'm going up there. And then they just, they wander off somewhere else or start playing with the dog. It's like, get upstairs, get upstairs. Anything they can do to stay downstairs sometimes. But there is a timing, right? Delayed obedience is disobedience. But timing goes both ways. So that's when we need to move quickly. But also, there are times when God calls us to do something and he says to wait. In fact, this happens quite often. How many of you guys have ever had that experience where God has told you to wait? Anybody? Anybody in here? All right. That's great. Wonderful. We're on the same page there. So there are times where God will tell us to wait. There's times where God calls us to begin. Maybe we've been waiting for something and now he's like, all right, now is the time to begin to step out into this. And so you have like the rest time signature. You have maybe a slower tempo where God says, okay, just Start, don't rush, go slowly, walk in step with me, walk in my pace and my rhythm, right? And then there's times where God says, act now, now, right now. Don't wait, I want you to move, I want you to act on this opportunity in this moment. So there's different rhythms, different cadences to the timing of God. And so we're going to talk about three different time signatures in a sense that we see from the Lord in scripture and in our lives. And uh, the first one is the call wait time signature. The call wait, the hurry up to wait time signature. I can't tell you how many times I've experienced that. So hurry up and wait or call wait. In most cases, when God calls us to do something that is big picture in our lives, maybe like I said, it's like a longing, a deep longing in our heart or a passion or it's a gifting or it's a vision of some sort that God's given us. It could be a ministry, it could be a job uh, direction or a career path or something like that. A lot of times God will put these callings on our lives that are these big picture things, and then he'll tell us to wait. He'll put it in us. We want it. We're excited about it. And then he says, now I want you to wait. It's obvious. The calling is there. We know that God said this is what we're supposed to do. We're made for it. We have a desire. We're passionate about it. We're ready to go, like I said. And then God's like, wait. You see this throughout Scripture. All throughout, so many, I mean, like you could probably use any story in the Bible. But, for instance, Joseph, right? 17 years old, God gives him this beautiful dream and vision, you know, where he's going to be ruling and his family's bowing down before him. And he's like, yes, all right, I'm ready to step into that calling. 
have my family bow down before me. That's great. And he's got his coat of many colors, and he's all ready to go. All right, Lord, let's do this. He tells his brothers, tells his family, you guys are going to be bowing down. It's going to be like tomorrow or something. It's going to be awesome. They're not as excited about it, of course. And then his brothers throw him in a pit. They sell him to slavery. He goes all the way to Egypt. He gets sell, sold to Potiphar. He's, he's a servant in his house. He gets falsely accused. He gets thrown into a dungeon. And 13 years later, he steps in to that dream and that calling. 13 years, many of those spent serving in a dungeon. Not exciting. But... God was still at work within him. He called him, and then he had to wait. Moses, he knew that he was supposed to be a deliverer for the Hebrews when he was a prince of Egypt, right? And so he killed an Egyptian who was, who was uh, beating one of his fellow Hebrews in defense. And then he tried to break up a fight between them. And he knew that God had called him to help bring some sort of deliverance or freedom. There was something in him, this passion, this longing within him to help his people. But yet, Pharaoh comes after him. He runs. He goes out into the desert. And he doesn't have that burning bush experience until 40 years later. 40 years waiting in the desert. And then God says, hey, time to go. And then when God tells him, Hey, it's time. He's like, nah, I'm good. Because <laughs> it's been 40 years. He's like, I've kind of given up on that dream. <laughs> but God says, no, you're going to go. 40 years he waits. David, anointed king. Many scholars believe it like the age of 15, young. Samuel comes, he anoints him, pours the oil over his head. David's like, I'm going to be the king, y'all. That's awesome. And then he goes out and he defeats Goliath. And he's like, this is it. Now I'm going to marry the king's daughter. Like, it's not going to be long. I'm going to be sitting on the throne. I'm going to be the king. I'm going to step into that calling. No, 15 years from the age of 15 till 30. Finally, he, becomes, he gets crowned king of Judah, just Judah, the southern kingdom in Hebron. Now, but during that time, he was running for his life, living in caves. From the guy that he served, King Saul, who was like a madman trying to kill him. 15 years, David waited, experienced all sorts of hardship. But he stayed true to the Lord. Jesus, found in the temple at a young age. When his parents find him, they say, where have you been? He says, don't you know I'd be about my father's business? He knew who he was. 19 years later, he starts his ministry. This is the son of God, by the way. But he waited. Almost every character, every major character in the Bible has a similar story. So I think there's something to this. Where God places a calling on their life very early. They know it. It's very clear to them, but then they wait. And for years and years, they wait for the time to come. And I think it's very easy in our culture to become impatient, 
and to succumb to the voice of urgency, right, that our culture is telling us, immediate gratification, like I want what I want and I want it now. You guys remember the old Willy Wonka movie, the, the good one, Gene Wilder, you know, don't care how I want it now, you know, like really like annoying British girl, like she did a great job being like this annoying brat, you know. Um, but, you know, we have that in us and it's drilled into us from a young age in our culture. But God's cadence is so different. He, he lives outside of time. And he's willing to wait to do a work within us. And so as believers, we might not say, I want what I want and I want it now because, you know, we're following Jesus. We're submitted to him. So we'll say something like, you know, and I know I've done this. I want what you want, Jesus, because I'm submitted to you, Lord. I want what you want, but I want it now. <laughs> I want what you want, but I want it, like, right now, though. Like, the, that, that longing in me, the passion that you've put inside of me, that gift, that calling, whatever that is. I, I want it because you put it there. But I also want it right now. But 2 Peter 2, 8 through 9 says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Oh, talk about waiting. <laughs> a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, when God waits and he calls us to wait, I believe that that's his mercy. That's his grace. Because he knows there's some things that he wants to do within us. And when we get ahead of the Lord, we can create an Ishmael. You guys know Abraham's story? Promises him a son. Doesn't happen for like 20 years. So Abraham's like, all right, well, he ends up sleeping with his maidservant, has Ishmael, and then Isaac and Ishmael are constantly at war with each other. I mean, to up until this day, you could argue. So why does God make everyone wait? What's, why, what's the deal here? Why does he make everyone wait for years? Well, we've talked about it before. He works outside of time, so he, he doesn't have that sense, or that compulsion to like, I got to do something right now. Uh, but he doesn't feel that like we might feel it. But also, more importantly, I believe that many times God wants to do something in us before he asks something of us. He wants to do something in us before he does something maybe through us. There's something he wants to do on the inside. He wants to do a work. He wants to mature. He wants to purify. He wants to clear the ground. He wants to, to make our hope singular. And our longing and our desire and our passion to be singular and direct. Pointed in one direction. And that direction is him. I believe that sometimes God might call us, he might put this longing or desire, this passion in our heart because maybe our own immaturity, we need some sort of missionality to get us fired up, some sense of purpose. 
And so we're like, all right, yes, God's called me to do this. I'm excited. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. And we're, we're, we're passionate about it. We have this longing within us. We're hungry to be obedient to God, which is wonderful. And then God, we, he lights that fire within us. And then he says, now wait, now direct that flame to me. Direct that passion to me. Put all of that hope, everything that you have there, put that drive within you, put it towards me. Because if we go out and we put all of our passion, all of our longing, all of our desire, and all of our hope into some calling or purpose or missionality, we're going to burn out. It's not going to fulfill us. It's going to disappoint us in some way. We know the only place where our hope and our passion and our longing can be placed is with Jesus. And God says, let me take that, and during this time of waiting, let me purify that to where it's all directed right here. Singular, single-mindedness, simplicity of heart. Acts 2 talks about the early church having that, which literally meant single-mindedness. Their mind was on one thing, and it was on Jesus. And the passion was there for him. And then, he says, now, now you're ready. Because now the fire isn't going to flame out. It's sustainable because your hope is in the one place that it should be. And that's with me. And so then we can go and say yes to God, walk out our purpose, and the flame will stay alive. It reminds me of the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25, verse 1. It says, at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way the, to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. We want to keep our lamps burning for Jesus, I believe sometimes God requires a waiting, a testing, and a refining period of our lives so that when the calling of God does come, we don't shift our hope to that instead of Jesus. Look at all those men in the Bible. They, they kept the flame alive. They kept burning for God all the way through their lives. And they had their mistakes, they had their failures, but man, they were able to persevere because their hope was in the Lord. David, when his very men turned against him, the men who had been camping out in the caves with him, when they turned against him, they said, we're gonna kill you because all of our women and children have been kidnapped. The Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. That's all it says. He strengthened himself in the Lord. Then he came back to his men. He says, nah, we're going to go get our women, our, our wives and our kids back. And we're going to defeat these guys. And they did. 
And then you look at characters who didn't have that adversity or didn't have that waiting. For instance, Solomon. Things didn't go great for him, right? There's something to that. So we have that call, wait, time signature. And then there's that call, begin. So what happens when God's telling us to wait on something? When do we know that it's time to begin? When, is, when do we know it's time to step into the next season of our life or step into this different career path if God's calling you there or, or this ministry or whatever it is? How do we know when it's time? Well, I think just practically, we need to check in. Check in with the Lord. Take those desires and those longings that God's placed within you, and if you know it's not time, put them on the back burner, okay? Set them aside, and then wait on the Lord to bring those to the forefront, but then check in. My wife and I, we felt the calling to pastor a church, what was it, 12 years ago? Right? But it wasn't time. And God made that clear for us. It wasn't time to pastor a church yet. Thank God we didn't do it then. That would have been a disaster. But we waited. And that was really, really hard. And there was times where we tried to step out before God said it was time. And that didn't go well. And praise the Lord, we had wise counselors around us to help us. But eventually we got to a place where we're like, okay, I'm not going to just hold this longing right here in front of me all the time. Because then I'm just always going to be disappointed and I won't be able to live into the present moment. Does that make sense? If we have this longing, we're always keeping it right here. Oh, maybe, maybe today's the day. Maybe tomorrow's the day. Maybe the, then we can't engage with the present. And we can't live into the present moment the way God's asking us to. So we need to trust God with that dream, that vision, whatever that is. And let go, put it in his hands, and then... It was about every couple of years, Katie and I would pray and we'd just ask God, is it time? Is now the time? And then we would feel, oh, no, okay. And we'd keep doing what God had called us to in that moment with all of our heart, as much as we could. And again, we had ups and downs, but as much as we could, fully present to the, the calling of that moment. And a couple years would go by, we'd check in, Lord, is it time now? No, okay. There was even a time where we had really close friends and some wise counselors come to us and say, now's the time. You guys are ready. And we're like, oh, it, we are? It is? All right, let's go. We got all excited. And then we prayed and God's like, no. And we're like, oh, dang it. But they said, and he's like, no, not time. All right. And it wasn't for another four years. So, how do we know when the time has come? What are some signs, signs of the times, you could say? So there's a few different things that I've experienced and I've heard from other people in their experience as far as kind of God starting to lead us into a season where we're getting closer to something that he wants us to step into. And so I'm not, these aren't in the Bible, they're not scriptural, so just take it as, you know, like a word of advice maybe. Um, but uh, they have been helpful for us. Uh, for instance... One of the signs, you could say, is a sense of kind of being uncomfortable, right? Nothing's wrong, nothing's bad, but you just kind of feel like, I feel kind of weird. I've been, I've been comfortable, I've been good in this season, everything's been great, but I just feel like 
I'm not supposed to be here. Like there's no other way to describe it. Or I'm not supposed to be doing this. Or there's something kind of prickly. And it, it, it reminds you of the illustration of the eagle. Have you guys heard about that? The mother eagle who with their babies, when it's time for them to fly, they start pulling out the feathers and the soft parts of the nest to where the nest gets like prickly and kind of thorny <laughs> to where the baby chicks, they're not chicks, eagles, uh, or like eaglets. I don't know what you call this. Anyways, they, they can't be comfortable in the nest anymore and they need to fly. They need to step out and eventually get so uncomfortable that it forces them to jump and then that's how they learn how to fly. And so sometimes that's a sign, not that you should go, but that you should pray. That oh, things are getting low. I should pray about that. I feel like there might be something there. Okay, so that's something. Another thing, unrequested affirmation, where people just start kind of affirming that longing or that calling in you, and, and there's no reason why. You just start noticing. A lot of people start affirming something, and you're like, huh, that's interesting. Hmm. Why are all these people affirming that thing? Hmm, that's, that could be a sign. All right, let, let me pray. Let me, maybe we should pray. Or a prophetic word. Someone might give you a prophetic word. And that's, again, don't just be like, oh, I got a word. Let's go. You know? No, test every word, right? The Bible says that. So you get a prophetic word. Hmm, that's interesting. Let's pray. Right? Or another thing is circumstances might change. Where, like, a path just opens up suddenly for you to do something or step into something. And it's like, and it's smooth, and it's like, this seems very, very godlike. So all of these are different things that might incite us to do what? To pray, to discern. doesn't mean that we act. It says, hey, we should start praying. And you discern the timing of God the same way you discern what the will of God is. Pray, seek the Lord, unite in agreement with your spouse, Follow the way of wisdom and then invite wise counselors into that process with the timing of God. And then again, if you feel like God's saying now is the time, you're in agreement with your spouse, it seems wise in the way of wisdom and wise counselors around you are saying, yeah, I think, I think that sounds right. I think it is time for you to step into this. Then we can step forward with courage and faith into that season or that calling that God's placed on our lives. But again, many times it's a slow process. You don't just run into it. Just like Jesus, after he was baptized, he went to the desert, spent 40 days in prayer and fasting. And then he started preaching and then he built his, he got his disciples to follow him and it was a process. You know, Moses, God speaks to him in the burning bush. He gets Aaron to come along. He goes to Egypt. He meets with the elders. Like there's a, there was a process. It wasn't just like it just happened. Now, Joseph, that was very quick and sudden. But these are some different ways where we may discern, all right, maybe it's time to begin. Okay, so the third thing here, so we have call, wait, call, begin. And the last one here is call, act. Call, act. Act. There are many times in our lives when the Holy Spirit will speak to us with a sense of urgency. Meaning there is an opportunity that presents itself to us and we have to act now or the opportunity will pass us by. There are times where God says, act now. And most of these are typically individual, has to do with like individuals. Maybe you're having a conversation with someone and God says, say this. Speak this into their life right now. And that's an opportunity. And it's only for that moment. 
and you can speak it or you, you don't. But God's saying, do this. Or maybe there's someone broken down on the side of the road. God says, help that person. But I'm in a hurry to help them. And so then we have a choice to act now or to miss the opportunity. Maybe there's like someone crying in a grocery aisle or something. And God says, hey, go talk to them. Tell them that I love them. Oh, God, that's awkward. Do it. And so it's an opportunity that we have to act on. Now, does God hold a checklist of all the opportunities that you missed and say, hey, look at all these opportunities you missed in your life? No, he does not do that. His mercy is new every morning. His grace is sufficient for us, but there are those moments. If our ears are open to listen to the Holy Spirit, there are so many moments where God might just ask us to do something that could change someone's life. Or maybe just encourage them. But it's the Lord. Ephesians 5, 15 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk on wine, in which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. The message translation says, the, the, so watch your step, use your head, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. God is always working. He's always working. And he's always seeking and saving those who are lost. And he's loving them, passionately loving them. Every person on this planet with all of his heart, with an unbreakable, unconditional, relentless, unfailing love. All the time, he's loving every person. He's always reaching out. He's drawing people to himself, and he's asking us and inviting us to partner with him in that work. And so the question is, are our ears open are we listening for the voice of God? And sometimes there's not anything. We don't hear something. God doesn't say something. But there are times where he does. The question is, again, are we attentive? Are we opening our heart up to God and saying, yes, God, I'm willing to hear you now and act. And say yes. To keep an attentive ear to the Holy Spirit in each moment so that when an opportunity arises, we're ready to say yes. And God can bring his redemptive work into all of these individual people's lives in unique and sometimes supernatural ways. If our ears are open to him, to that time signature, that maybe up-tempo, like act now. So I want to close with this. God has so much for us in our future. He has so much for you, for me, for all of us ahead. He has good works prepared beforehand for us to walk in because we're his workmanship, Ephesians 2.10, right? Everyone knows Jeremiah 29.11, right? Famous verse, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. 
So it's true. God does have those incredible plans for us, waiting for us to step into this awesome calling on our life. And we have to trust God with those dreams and visions and and desires and longings within our heart. And we have to let them go and trust them to him, knowing that he'll know just the right season that everything will be beautiful in its time. He don't know exactly when for us to say, to, to tell us, go, now's the time. So we have to trust him with that. But also, there is this present moment. Maybe the greatest calling on our lives is to the present moment because it's the only time that we're living in. Romans 13, 11 through 14 in the message. And I just, you guys just listen to these words, just so, so powerful. But make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence and sleeping around in dissipation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. God is working right now in this moment. He's at work. There's people that he's loving and wanting to redeem and reconcile with and restore and set free and heal and transform all throughout our city, right next door to us, right across the office from us, all over. People that he loves dearly and he's ready to transform their lives and he wants us to partner with him. God is working now, so let's keep our ears open and be about his work. And don't listen to the enemy. Of course, he's going to come in and say, I can't believe you missed that opportunity. There's probably tons of opportunities today that you did not follow up on, that you did not obey God. Don't listen to him. Just keep our ears open. Step out in faith, have courage. And let's do our best by the grace of God to walk at his pace in rhythm with him, whether that's slow, whether that's fast, or whether that's wait. Walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to close in prayer. If you all can just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. I just want to invite our prayer team up as well. If you're on the prayer team, if you could just come up to either side up here, just be available um, to pray. Listen, if you're here and there is a longing in your heart, maybe a passion you've had, a gifting, something that you've known that God has called you to, it's clear, or maybe it's not clear, but there's something there and you feel like you've been waiting and you're in that waiting period and it's just been hard to wait. We, we have a community around us that loves us. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with you in prayer for that thing and discerning God on that so that you're not in that alone. And maybe you just want prayer just for strength or patience or, or excitement about the present moment. 
while you wait for a future moment. Or maybe you felt that call to begin and you just don't know exactly what the first steps are, but you know you're supposed to start something. We want to pray with you. Or maybe you feel like God is calling you to step out in faith in the moment and there have been some opportunities that maybe have passed by and you want courage to say yes to God in those moments. Anything. We want to pray with you. Or it could be something completely unrelated to this entire message and you just want prayer for your grandmother or for sickness in your family. Whatever it is, we would love to pray with you. But let's just take a moment and before we dive into worship and close in worship, let's just give our hearts and our desires and our longings and our time to the Lord. Lord Jesus, we just surrender this clock, this life, the years, the decades, the months, weeks, days, hours, minutes. Lord, the timing of our lives, Lord, we surrender them entirely to you, Jesus. Lord God, we want to walk in step with your timing, with your rhythm, your, your will for our lives. And so, Father, the, the longings, dreams, visions, and desires, Lord, we surrender those to you. We put those in your hands, Father. We let go. We trust that you're going to bring it about at the right time. Lord, and in the moment, open up our ears, Father, to hear what your Spirit is saying and give us the courage and the faith to say yes when your Spirit says go. Speak, do, serve. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We bless you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Could you stand with me? We're going to close in a song of worship. If you need prayer, please come up to the front. Seen the kiss, my heart turns violently. 
inside of my chest I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves, oh, how he loves. He loves us unfailing, unconditional, never-ending, Father. Lord, you are a good shepherd. You care for us, your sheep. And we thank you, Father, we shall lack no good thing. God, you lead us into green pastures beside still waters, and you restore our soul. (laughs) Thank you, Father, for that. So, Lord God, we just surrender entirely to you. Lead us in your will, your way, and your timing. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you guys. appreciate you. And uh, we're going to continue next week. We're about to close out this series. I know it's been a long one, but um, it's been a lot of fun. And I love you guys. And also, um, two weeks, uh, we... We talked about before, we've done Light the Night in the past. Uh, This year, we're not going to be doing the individual neighborhood parties, but we are going to have some invite cards for you guys if you're giving out trick-or-treat candies to your neighbors. And we also have all of those different games and stuff that we've used in the past uh, for the Light the Night parties. And if you wanted to do something for your neighborhood and you would like to borrow some of our stuff, we'd love to give that to you so you can host something for your neighbors. Uh, So let us know. It's a couple weeks out, but just want to let you guys know it beforehand. Love you guys, and I'll see you next week.